Welcome to this Type Community podcast all about the Imagine Corey project. Over the course of the podcast, you'll find out all about the project and then hear from the people across the community sharing their thoughts on the culture and heritage of the area. You'll also find out how you can get involved and what to expect from the project. We'll begin by speaking to Helen Jackson, who is heading up the project. Hello, I'm Helen Jackson, the Programme Coordinator for Imagine Colwyn Bay. So what's the project about? So the project is Heritage Lottery funded and it's about increasing the value and awareness of culture and heritage within the town and really creating opportunities for the community and also for creative industries. There'll be a really exciting programme of activities and events that the community can access and in addition to that we will be developing a hub for creative industries so creating networking opportunities and training and development and opportunities to attract investment into the town. Whose idea was it? The project grew from a number of other ideas and projects that have already taken place. Uh, There's been regeneration going on in the town I think for the last 10 years or so there's been around £100 million spent on the physical regeneration work. And then there was a lot of anti-poverty work with with the work of Communities First and different organisations who've been doing a lot of work over many years. And so I think Imagine Colwyn Bay has come along at a really good time to essentially draw a lot of those threads together. And it's very much at its heart, it's a partnership project. So it, it isn't just about the local authority and it isn't just about the um, some of the other organisations who are involved. It's very much um, a partnership-led project. So we, we have a steering group who meet every few weeks and they very much guide how the project grows and develops. So what's it going to do for Colwyn Bay? Initially, what we're going to be doing is mapping what's already taken place. So trying to establish um, what existing cultural and heritage assets and resources there already are. Um, And then we'll be looking at how we can work with third sector organisations and a lot of the local voluntary groups to see how we can strengthen their links and really um, place culture and heritage really at the centre of what they do. And also, as I mentioned before, we'll be looking to hold lots of exciting and interesting activities and events for the community, which will hopefully kind of inspire and connect people and increase sense of belonging that they have with the area, really. We'll also be supporting um, creative industries. So there's exciting plans for a creative industry academy in Colwyn Bay, centred at 7 Abigail Road, linked in with the Longman Trust. And that will give lots of training and development and networking opportunities for businesses, hopefully attracting new businesses to the area and supporting existing businesses that are already here. And finally, the main outcome from the project is a a cultural and heritage strategy, uh, not just for Colwyn Bay, but more broadly looking at the whole county. So looking at how opportunities and creativity can be enhanced through culture. So what does it mean for you to be part of the project? Well, I'm from Colwyn Bay originally and I've worked here for a long period of time. I was involved with Communities First, which was a a Welsh government project which aimed to tackle um, deprivation. So I was really excited to get the opportunity to work on this project because it feels like a really nice 
um, progression to build on the work that's already taken place in the town and the programme of activity that's that's planned with this project is really exciting and I think it will just create loads of opportunities for people, both the community, people wanting to work in the area uh, and organisations um, coming together. So, yeah, it's a, a really exciting opportunity. What lets Colwyn buy down? <sighs> not allowed to talk about negative things <laughs> um to be honest i think one thing that does is that quite often i think we're not always able to see the distance that's been traveled so as i said um a lot of work has taken place over the last 10 years but sometimes i don't think people can actually recognize how much things have improved i know that when i was growing up around this area sort of 20 odd years ago it was it really wasn't that safe and there was quite a lot of issues and i know there are still some issues but um, I think things have been greatly improved by a number of organisations over, over the years. So, so yeah, I think sometimes, and it's natural, it's human nature, we don't always see, we don't always see the improvements that have happened when we're quite close to them. So hopefully, I think people will begin to recognise that Colwyn Bay is a really good place to live. And, and I think as well, once we begin to recognise that, things will just get better and better. What are you most looking for to seeing with the project? Well, there's some really exciting plans um, in place. So there's quite a lot of interesting uses of technology um, that are planned to enhance people's experiences of culture and heritage resources that we already have. Um, so, for example, we're hoping to use augmented reality, virtual reality, those kinds, kinds of technologies. So I personally don't know a huge amount about them. So I'm really excited to, to see um, how it works and to see the results really from what comes out of that. And how long do you hope the project will last for? Well, the project is fixed term, so it will be running until March 21. So we've got a relatively short time scale, so it will be quite fast paced with lots to achieve in quite a short period of time. So what type of legacy do you want it to leave? So in terms of the legacy of the project, there will be a, a culture strategy that is developed as a result that will not only take into account Colwyn Bay, but the wider Conway area. And that will inform developments over the next five to ten years. Um, but in addition to that, the project is very much a learning project. So I think all the opportunities that arise as a result of the project will give people a legacy of learning to take away. Thanks, Helen. So the Type Community Podcast team have been out and about speaking to people at various projects around the Colwyn Bay area to get their thoughts on the town's heritage and culture. The first group that we visited was the Makerspace Drama Group run by Pigtown Theatre. Please can you tell us a bit about the group, Helen? Um, Vicky and Simon, who are the directors, they are both professional actors. They do a lot of work with groups in the area, as well as professional acting around the country. And in particular, they have been working with a group called Make Space over the last few years. And that has been an inclusive theatre group, which has been designed to um, support people to grow in confidence and in improve communication skills and um, generally just come together and have, have some fun. OK, great. And if you want to know more about any of the groups we visit throughout the podcast, we'll put the links to them in our homepage. We visited Pigtown's Makerspace group on a Thursday evening back in March 2019 and we began by speaking to Pauline about her first memories of the town. We had our roller skates on from the time we got up in the morning till we went to bed at night. 
for one summer for sure, maybe two summers. We would just roller skate mad and uh, we'd go to Aries Park and it, you, could, you could skate there then. Um, I don't really look at it from a roller skater's point of view now. Maybe you still could, but there seemed to be lots of places you could roller skate. So our skates were permanently attached to our feet. And um, in our teens, we'd go to the, this big um, cafe that was in Arius Park. It's, that's, it's a car park now. And when I look at it now, I can't believe that cafe fitted uh, on that little space. It seemed huge and it had a big sprung dance floor uh, with tables and chairs all around the edges. So the cafe sold cups of tea and probably light meals and sandwiches. And you could hear the cups the sound of the cups and uh, the crockery in there. And there was a veranda all the way around and a jukebox outside. So in the evening, young people would be dancing outside under the veranda. It was quite, yeah, it was um, quite magical, I thought. I thought it was magical. There was always, always seemed to be something to do when there was Pat Collins's fair, um, little fairground, not too big like the one in Rill. Um, it was just enough to go around and not spend a fortune. Um, no massive rides like roller coasters. I think there was a Helter Skelter, a big wheel that wasn't really very big, some bumper cars, the Peter Pan Railway. I think at one time I even had little boats and then some amusements. And that was, yeah, loads of people would hang out there, kids and teenagers. It was just a good place to hang out. And you can hear some more of Pauline's memories of the town amongst a collection of photographs and audio memories forming the Imagine Coin by exhibition at 22 Station Road. We went on to speak to Caroline Brain and get her thoughts on Coin by's sense of community. Communities have changed now. And for example, we've got like a community here of, of people who act, who enjoy each other's company, but don't live um, uh, in close proximity. And I think this is what's happened. Is we've moved more away from um, community by proximity to community with shared interests. And as people, you know, as transport systems have got better, uh, people, a lot of people got cars now. We're able to meet together with people who are like-minded but who don't live geographically close together. I think that's the difference now of how communities have changed. Whereas at one time, people would all meet together in church locally or a community centre locally. That's not happening as much, I don't think, anymore. People who don't really know each other who live close together. And so it, it, it community isn't as close. I, I, people aren't looking out for each other in the same way that they used to do, where, you know, a neighbour would look after your child. Um, you know, if you if you were short of something, you could pop next door. People don't tend to know each other in that that well anymore. Um, but the downside of that is, of course, is that people know your, know your business. So <laughs> there's pros and cons. Finally, we spoke to Jennifer Roberts, who grew up in the town and was very optimistic about its future. I think it's got a very good community at the moment in Coran Bay. 
I mean, you can go out, you know, even if you sit in a cafe and have a coffee, someone will always speak to you. I mean, you know, it's quite a, a, it's a really nice area to live. What else makes up the community here, do you think? Well, here, actually, I came here because I actually, I'm a widow and I, like, there was nowhere for me to go on your own. But, like, places like here, you can come. It sort of, like, gets you out that you're not in all the time. You're not... I don't feel lonely because I know I can come here. And what do you think makes Colwyn Bay uh, the place that it is? It's the beach, I think, because my grandchildren live in America. They live in San Francisco, but our beach is like a million times better than theirs because they can't even swim in theirs. And we're sort of the gateway to the mountains, really, aren't we? Our next interviews took place at the Then and Now Heritage Session at the station pub in Colwynby. The session was really well attended and the social element seemed to take equal precedent to the heritage talks and discussions. We first learned a bit more about the group from Helen. Then and Now is a group that meets the last Tuesday of each quarter and they started meeting every month quite a while back now um, and it was supported by the Conway Wellbeing Team and the Townscape Heritage Initiative and it's basically a group of people who come together who are interested in the local history. We try to have a, um, a presentation or a speaker about an interesting local topic and they just come and share their memories, share their thoughts over a cup of tea every quarter. Firstly, we heard from May and Bibi, who have eight decades of memories of the area. They began by telling us about one of their favourite memories growing up together. We went to the Pier Pavilion on the promenade, which is no longer there, sadly, um, every year with a man called Bob Bananas, who was running the vegetable shop in Old Colwyn. He used to organise um, pantomimes for the children and he was always staying Widow Cranky or something yes, in right. the pantomime. Yeah. And when we went into the, the pier, we always were given, was it an orange man? An orange and an apple. And an apple. Um, each child was given. We went by coach, or yes. it was called a sharabang in them days. And, um, oh, it was an exciting time. We, every year we went there. And then as we grew older, we went there on a Saturday night to, to dance. Yes. yes, it was absolutely wonderful place. It yes, it was. Wonderful it was. Yeah, it was it? Lovely so. glitter ball. Yes. <laughs> it was smashing yeah. it was. So that would be my happy memory, yes. yes. What would yours be? I think um, generally just coming down to the fairground. Yes, that was another yes. wonderful place. Pat Collins' fairground. Yeah. As you go down now to the beach from the station, on the right-hand side was Pat Collins' fairground. And it was really the hub of the place for children to go to. I believe it? my grandmother, who was 96 when she died, uh, had a, a penny store where she used to let the people roll the pennies. Roll the down. pennies. And also the rifle range she used to have there. Um, I, I never saw her at the uh, store, but I believe she was into bobby horses as well. 
and she had some bobby horses on the promenade which she used to turn by hand and send it round. We went on to speak to Beryl and O'Leary about their memories of growing up and working in the area in the 60s and 70s. You'll hear a few familiar themes and a little about Beryl's experience working at the shop, formerly at 7 Abergelly Road, the site now being developed as a creative hub. On the Saturday afternoon, we would get a bus from Thandillis with our parents and we would get off at the St Paul's bus stop and the first shop everybody went to was Woolworths and they sold everything there and you just you didn't spend much money you'd perhaps just have a look round or just spend sixpence and you could get anything there and if we'd been good all week we were allowed in the afternoon to spend about half an hour at Pat Collins Amusement Park. Yeah, and then afterwards um, we went to senior school, Pendorlan in Colwyn Bay, and we always thought it was such a huge place, Colwyn Bay, because with living near the quarry in Thandillis, um, it was just enormous really, wasn't it, and all the shops and everything. And it was quite posh then if you lived in Colwyn Bay. There were some really nice shops. People used to come from far and wide, really. Mm. Uh, some of the shops, like Woods, which is now Peacock's, that mm. was a really nice mm. shop. And um, Dando's um, on Abergelly Road. Um, I used to work with the twins, the daughters from Dando's. I don't know where they moved to, but I'm sure they'd be so interested that all the work yeah. is going on in the shop there now. Dando's was, is it yeah. the 7 Abergelly Road, Woolies. where they're going opposite Woolworths. And um, I worked with them in the 60s and 70s. Sold everything. They sold absolutely everything, yes. Yeah. Uh, all kinds of goods. Yeah. Toys. Toys or household goods and yeah. good quality. It was a lovely quality yeah. shop, wasn't it? These interviews were also back in March while improvement works were underway on the promenade. We spoke to Anne, Glenys and Christine who told us a bit about how they felt about the town and what might be done to improve it. I think the precinct is small enough to make it a familiar place to go yes, and have yes, a, yes. a drink and do your shopping mm, and you see cafe. people you've known. So that's, like you said, the cosiness, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, I do think quite a bit's been done, especially at the top end of town. Mm. Call it the east end of Colwyn. That that's improved a lot to what it mm -hmm. used to be, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, the promenade has improved. So the part of the prom that they've done is very nice, it isn't is, it? Yeah. Really. It is nice. The part that's mm -hmm. been done, it's lovely. It could yeah, have it better could be signposts. Sign yeah. Mm -hmm. I just think it's a shame they put so much money, so much work, so much effort into making a lovely promenade, mm -hmm. super beach in places and no car access, you know, you either, you know, Colwyn or else you're by the Toad Hall. You mm. can't get on and off the prom anywhere else unless you go down to Rosal Sea. Mm. Um, what a shame that that's how it's been left, really. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so you think improving the access for, for, for vehicles? Cars, vehicles yes, as well yeah. as pedestrians, mm. yes. Mm. Okay. Many people that we interviewed when asked about their favourite childhood memories mentioned Pat Collins Fair, a place that held particular significance for Anne. 
Yes, um, yes, many, many years ago, used to uh, go down to the fun fair, down Pat Collins, and uh, meet my boyfriend, <laughs> who eventually became my husband. <laughs> um, and we had lots and lots of fun in those days. It was a nice, safe place to be. Yes, and it was uh, used to catch the bus home in what was known then as Station Square. It was completely different to what it is now. The last of our visits to local projects took us to the sit and stew sessions held on Douglas Road in the Bay. Here's Helen to tell us a bit more about the project. Sit and Stew is is a group that meets every Wednesday between, I think they meet between 12 and 2pm in the afternoon. It's been supported by the Community First Legacy Fund and by Communities for Work. Um, and it's run by Sean Jenkinson. Um, Sean Jenkinson is a former um, community dietitian and she's really passionate about people eating well. Uh, but more than that, this group is really about people having the chance to come together um, in a really friendly, supportive place. Uh, and it's really inclusive. You get people from, from all walks of life going along there uh, and everybody's welcome um, uh, to go along and have a, have a hot meal and a friendly chat. We began by speaking to Albert and Donald about their early memories of the prom. There used to be a train running um, along the prom. Yeah, it did, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I liked them up at that. But it's, it, I mean, there used to be a tram track along along. Oh, yeah, you can look back at the old photographs. That's country. still there. Yeah. And they've built one in the old, um, in Clandid now, the oval. Oh, thing. yeah, they have, yeah. It's waste. Yeah. Yes, it was, if you look back to the... It's under the, under the prom. Yeah, well, if you, if you walk down the prom, if you start one end from the ground and you walk around off the pier and you, you can see where they've, tar they've used red tarmac, tarmac, you can see the variations in the colour and that's where the old tram went. Yeah, but the seafront's a lot, a lot better now than it used to be since they've done um, up that um, building down the other end. Jamie volunteers at the Fit and Stew project and first visited Colin Bay in 2005. He started by telling us a bit about his experience, came for his diabetic brother and how that led to them becoming frequent visitors to one of the area's key hubs for young people. Well, I was caring for my brother for a little while. He's younger than me and he's really into his um, BMXing and skateboarding stuff. And uh, I guess some of my fondest memories here, just uh, taking him down to the skate park and just watching him progress and getting better. You get uh, all sorts going there. You get adults, you know, who are just enthusiastic, they've kept it up, uh, they're, they're pretty good. You get the teenagers just looking for something, something to do outside of the house, um, you know, just getting together and doing fun things. And then there's the other side of it where you get a sense that some kids would feel a bit lost. I want to say they sort of gravitate to their, they sort of do mean gravitate because it's like a passive force that they come together and they don't really know what to do with themselves. You know, I think it's a net benefit to have spaces like that, green space, spaces, you know, with a bit of man-made structures, if you like, and a bit of nature as well. He went on to describe his observations and aspirations for the people of Colwyn Bay. 
sort of people watching as I walk around, not sitting down, but it, you can see there's a real, it gives still real worries expressed in people's faces when, you know, Colin Bay for the most part is quite calm. So it's not a war zone. It's not, um, it's not Syria. And yet it, it can seem sometimes like the pressure put on people is immense. I've seen a few businesses open up just in my short time here and it's not long before the, the white washing goes up on the, on the glass. And, you know, people are really trying. You, you get a sense, you know, people get the idea of going to open a business, going to do this and do that. So I'd like to see more of that and I'd like to see people's hard work rewarded and people to feel like things will get better for them. And it's it to come across you know, even on a rainy day. Our final interview was with Richard and we began by asking about his memories of the area. Um, I think since we've moved up here, some of the best memories I've got have been because I go to Prince's Drive Baptist Church. They do beach services. Um, I'm interested just reflecting on what I've been saying about the amount that the sea actually means to me and a lot of the memories and a lot of what I like about the area is because it is coastal. Uh, so some of my best memories have been some of the beach services on there and the sense of camaraderie that that produces. We went on to ask him what he would like to see in the future for Colwyn Bay. That it generates its own sense of pride. I think there's an awful lot that is very good about Colwyn Bay that gets lost because of its relationship with Llandidno, because the A55 goes straight through the middle of it and it's not seen as a particular point. And I think celebrating what is good about it, yes, there's bad sides, not bad sides, but, but there's areas that need regenerating. There has been money spent. It needs to go further, but I think it needs to be more than just on the infrastructure, it needs to be about the people who are there. There's so many good things there. Richard and Jamie, who you heard here, took part in a photography project with local photographer Paul Sampson, and you can see some of the pictures and hear some recordings of their thoughts at the Imagine Colin Bay exhibition at 22 Station Road. Our final interviews are from the launch of the Imagine Colin Bay project which was held at Theatre Colwyn on the 9th of April 2019. The launch was open to the public and was really well attended. There was lots to see with virtual reality modelling, green screen photography, films, theatre pieces, tapes animation club, local historians and a fruit piano as a taste of what was on offer. No pun intended. Our first interview was with Abiba and we asked her what makes Colwyn Bay and what she'd like to see in the future. Things like tape, music and film, the things that they offer, the clubs, I think more of those opportunities for people of any background, uh, mainly for your vulnerable people who don't have those places to go, opportunities to explore their hobbies and to expand on them. I think more of those would be great. The people, the community, and uh, the spirits, really. Everywhere you go, there's a, there are lovely people that we can meet. The integration, I think. How people like to integrate and uh, offer their 
services to any people of any background. I think that's what you can call a community. Adele, Madison, Fionn and Endes told us what they believe are the key foundations of the area. People, shops, people, yeah, probably. how it looks. I feel like it's probably the community, to be honest with you. It's probably the community more than anything. The community See, and the history, really. Yeah. Um, this place has a lot behind it. Really. Can you say that again? Because that is also a really nice location, and Colwyn Bay has like really nice architecture, and it's just a beautiful place. Arthur Grieber, who chairs the steering group for Imagine Colwyn Bay, gave his thoughts on what makes a community. I think it's the way people work together and they're prepared to respect each other. They're prepared to work across the boundaries of faith or race or uh, difference of any sort and together start to build and create partnerships uh, that will last and give strength to, to an area. Emily, who takes part in a number of community-led projects in the area, gave her thoughts on what makes a community. It's people who actively take part, people who want to seek change, people who try and make the place where they live better each day for them and future generations to come. David Mazding, who is also on the Imagine Calling by steering group, told us what he hoped the project would achieve. Really, that there is a legacy. I think it would be wrong if, after two years, the project wound up and there was no legacy. But it's something that we can actually leave in Colwyn Bay for future generations. Hilary and John were keen to support the event, having moved to the area from farther afield. Particularly at our age, we do appreciate all this kind of thing. Because there's a lot going on here. We were told when we came to live here, you'll love it, but there's just one problem, there's too much to do. And for us, there's a lot to do. So it's, really, it's a lovely place get this to be. No. <laughs> so you wouldn't move back there, no? No. The answer's no. No. <laughs> Dr Marion Gwynn, who spoke at the event, closes this section by telling us her hopes for the town to get some of that old pride back. It's gone down a little bit over recent years, which is such a shame. But I can see now the way people are talking about Common Bay, the way people are, are coming together over what needs to be doing, that there's something re- there's a really special momentum here, and I think that will, that will really make sure that it succeeds in the future. If the Imagine project can do something, it's making sure that that identity of what Common Bay is really shines out. So there we have it. Thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed this Imagine Calling By episode of the Type Community Podcast. Please like and share the podcast and come along to 22 Station Road to see the Imagine map and exhibition to find out more about the project and to support heritage and culture in the Bay of Colwyn. See the episode notes for links to the projects featured and to the Imagine Colwyn Bay Facebook page.